0: So, I mean, we're in, a, we're in a very, I mean, we're in an economic catastrophe in a lot of ways just currently. And there's a lot of talk about inflation and money. Prices are skyrocketing. One thing I really appreciate about your work is that you really do focus on political economy. And you have been talking a lot about finance capital and something called super imperialism, which you've written a book about, and that has been updated several times, uh, even just last year. So I wanted to get your take on the role of finance capital uh, under this imperialist arrangement. And in this time of the neoliberal era in the United States and across much of the West and the world... Like, what is finance capital's role it it seems so dominant now it seems like the dominant class at this moment that really does control the levers of economic development uh, could you talk about what role it plays and how it has spurred the crises that we're going through today and you could talk about inflation but but i, I definitely want to just kick it to you there so our viewers can get an understanding of the Uh, economics and sort in the analysis of this. So I'll kick it to you.
1: Well, most people think of uh, all kinds of capitalism as being the same. And uh, the assumption is that uh, industrial capitalism of the 19th century uh, somehow uh, was always uh, financialized because there were always banks. But financial capitalism is, you've just pointed out, is a political uh, system. And as a political system, it's very different from uh, the industrial capitalism dynamic. Uh, In industrial capitalism, the whole aim or the hope of the industrial capitalists in the late 19th century, especially in Germany and Central Europe, was that banking would uh, no longer be uh, just usury. It wouldn't be just consumer lending uh, to exploit labor. It wouldn't be lending to government. Somehow uh, the financial system uh would recycle the economy savings and money creation and credit into industrial production and would finance the means of production to uh make that productive instead of predatory and parasitic as it became uh and that seemed to be the way that industrial capitalism was evolving up until world war one uh everything changed after that uh all of a sudden uh, uh you had the financial system over as a result of the crisis caused in the 1920s by the German reparations debt that couldn't be paid and the inter-Ally debt uh, that uh, was in- insisted upon to uh, 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 repay the United States uh, for the arms that it supplied Europe before its into World War I. Well, the result was uh, a huge depression. The Allies said, well, we didn't expect to actually have to pay the United States. If we have to pay the United States, then we have to charge reparations on Germany. And for a decade, there was a debate between John Maynard Keynes and Harold Moulton and others saying that uh, these debts can't be paid. How are you going to handle uh, a situation where the debts can't be paid? And uh, uh, the the right, the finance capitalists uh, were the uh, basically the ancestors of today's neoliberals. They said, any amount of debt can be paid by any country if it just lowers the living standards and squeezes labor enough uh and that's what basically uh, the philosophy of the imf ever since world war ii when third world countries can't pay the debt the imf comes in with an austerity program and say uh you have to uh uh, lower wa- uh, wages, you have to break up labor unions. If necessary, you have to have uh, a democracy and you can't have a democracy unless you're willing to assassinate and arrest the labor leaders and uh, the advocates of land redistribution. Because a democracy means basically rule by the financial sector uh, centered in the United States. Uh, and so finance finance capitalism ever since uh, World War I and especially World War II and especially since 1980, is the nationalistic doctrine of American uh, banks uh, and the American 1%, the American financial sector that is sort of merged into a symbiotic unit with uh, finance, insurance, and real estate. And, uh, in other words, the 1% of the uh, uh, population. So finance capitalism, instead of uh, trying to promote overall economic growth, for the ninety-nine percent, instead of uh, financing the industrialization of an economy with rising productivity and rising living standards, finance capitalism is now cannibalizing the uh indu- the uh, industrial sector, uh, cannibalizing the corporate sector, uh, as uh, you're seeing in the United States. Finance capitalism is the uh, economic doctrine of deindustrialization uh, that has occurred in america in england and is now uh occurring in in uh, europe well the problem is how do you uh survive if you're not industrializing if you're not producing your own uh, uh means of subsistence and uh how are you going to get this from other countries well the answer is uh you don't go to war with them uh like countries used to go to war with each other to grab uh, their money and their land you uh use finance as the new means of war. So finance capitalism is um, uh, the tactic of economic warfare by the United States against Europe and uh, the global south uh, to sort of draw all of the uh, economic surplus of these countries in the form of debt service. Uh, And the debt service is supplied by basically economic rent seeking, Uh, land rent, natural resource rent, uh, and just plain uh, interest charges uh, on the economy. So none of these uh, are really the result of industrial profits that are made by employing labor and uh, selling its products uh, at a markup. Uh, Finance capitalism is not based on surplus value like industrial capitalism was. Uh, In fact, it uh, destroys uh, industry uh, and in, this cannibalizing industrial capital, it uh, basically dries out the economy uh, and uh, makes it uh, unable to uh, break even or uh, even to function. And in the United States today, for instance, uh, if you look at the balance sheets of the uh, uh, Standard and Poor 500, 92% of corporate revenue in the United States is spent on stock buybacks. You buy back your own stock or dividend payouts. Only 8% of corporate earnings are spent on new uh, capital investment, research and development, uh, factories, uh, machinery, uh, means of production to employ labor. So uh, the result is that you'll have companies like uh, General Electric and uh, uh, other major companies. Well, how did General Electric go broke. Uh, Basically, uh, Jack Wells said, uh, let's use our income not to uh, continue to invest in making more uh, electronic uh, goods and services and appliances. Let's use it to buy uh, our own stock. That'll push up our stock. And uh, essentially, we'll just sell off our divisions and we'll use the money of selling off our uh, washing machine companies and uh, uh, stoves and uh, sell it off. And we'll just pay it to the stockholders, that'll push it up. And by the way, his uh, salary was based on uh, how much he could push up uh, the stock of GE, and he was paid in the form of uh, stock options. Well, all of this uh, is now the normal corporate uh, uh, behavior in the United States, and corporations are no longer led by uh, industrial engineers as they were uh, a few centuries ago, 19th and 20th century. Uh, They're led by financial engineers, by the chief financial officer. and The ideal of these corporations is to make money financially, not by industrial investment. So uh, on the narrow microeconomic level, finance capitalism is a way of basically selling out uh, a company and uh, giving the proceeds to the stockholders and the bondholders. But as a political system, it, uh, because it is so disruptive of the economy, as you've seen in the United States and you've seen in Britain, deindustrializing. Uh, industrializing re- it becomes uh, a belligerent uh, attempt to t- uh, make other countries uh, just as uh, equally paralyzed, to make other countries pay tribute to the United States and England and the, the financialized economies uh, by means of uh, financial engineering by means of debt service, by means of uh, selling their uh, mineral resources, their public utilities, their land, their roads, uh, all to foreign investors, uh, basically to, who borrow the money that's just simply created in the United States, and to save all of their money in the form their central bank uh, reserves in the forms of uh, loans to the U.S. Treasury. Uh, holding treasury bonds, which is how uh, uh, the international monetary system worked uh, until just a few months ago uh, when everything changed. So uh, if you're uh, England and America right now, you can look at uh, President Biden's speeches. And Mm -hmm. he said, well, uh, China is our number one enemy because it's competing unfairly. China is uh, actually uh, subsidizing industrial development by having its own infrastructure. It gives free education instead of privatizing education and making its labor pay for it. Uh, it has uh, public uh, health instead of privatizing uh, social uh, medicine like we do in the United States and making employers and uh, workers pay for it. Well, industrial capitalism in the 19th century uh, was all in favor of strong government infrastructure. Uh, The ideal of industrial capitalism was to keep the the wage uh, costs of production down, not by reducing wages, but having government provide uh, basic infrastructure to cover the basic needs of employees. The governments would provide free education so that employers didn't have to pay for it. The governments would provide medical care uh, so that employees didn't have to pay for, and employers wouldn't have to pay employees enough money to cover the education costs and to cover the medical care costs. The government would build roads and infrastructure and everything to facilitate the uh, overall cost of doing business by industrial capital. Well, finance capitalism is just the reverse. Finance capitalism wants to privatize and take uh, education, medical, Uh, care, roads, uh, turn the roads into toll roads, may take all of these and privatize them uh, and make them uh, financial uh, uh, corporations that will essentially pay out their economic rent uh, to the uh, bondholders and uh, the the stockholders. And this economic rent adds to the cost of uh, education and uh, everything else that workers need to live on. So the result is to make it a high, high cost economy. And that is what under that is why Biden has said uh, China and Russia are the America's enemies, because the only way that America can, can succeed, given our privatized economy, given the fact that Americans have to pay up to 43% of their income for rent, uh, given the fact that uh, 18% of America's GDP is for uh, medical care, given the heavy student loan debt, only if other countries uh, tie themselves in the same knot, only Mm -hmm. if other countries impose the same economic overhead on their labor force and on their industry, can there be equal competition. Uh, If uh, other countries have a mixed economy and are more efficient because they have uh, active government providing basic needs, that's uh, autocracy. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's the opposite of democracy. Democracy is where everything is privatized and uh, ultimately the 1% own everything. Uh, Autocracy is any government that's strong enough to uh, have its own public investment. Any government strong enough to tax or regulate the financial sector is called autocracy. So the United States uh, in the 19th century would be called an autocracy, uh, as I guess the Austrian school called it. Uh, Civilization is basically uh, an autocracy. Uh, There never has been an unmixed economy without government regulation, without a government investment, Uh, although Rome uh, began to get to that point at the uh, uh, end of its empire, and we all know what happened to it. Uh, So basically, uh, finance capitalism is uh, a predatory uh, international economic policy Uh, aimed at draining the rest of the world all to pay the uh, leading 1% of uh, wealth holders in the United States and their satellite uh, uh, oligarchy in uh, England and uh, a few European countries.